0: Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with bassist and composer Martin Wend. We talked to him in mid-June 2020 about his latest 2020 CD called White Noise and a wonderful career he has had in music. He was born in Germany and moved to New York in 1996 to study at New York University. That led to studies and performances with the masters of the craft. He explains. Enjoy.
1: You're in Kansas City? Is that where you're calling from? Yep. Kansas City, Missouri. You know, it's the weirdest thing. In all those years of of playing in the United States, I've never played in Kansas City once. It's not as uncommon
0: as you would think. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's kind of the way things happen here in
0: Kansas City. But, yeah, we do have quite a scene, and it's kind of a place now after Bobby Watson spent 20 years at UMKC getting a lot of cats here. It's it's kind of a destination. There's people that are coming here, so
1: it's probably Also with the history, you know, all the folks that, that are from there, and you would yeah. think that there would be...
0: Well, hey, where are you located exactly?
1: I've been living in Teaneck, New Jersey, uh, for the past 17 years. So it's, uh, you know, it's the third town into New Jersey once you cross the, the George Washington Bridge. Okay. There's Fort Lee, Englewood, and then Teaneck is the next one. So, I'm, I'm...
0: you know, I think it's probably good to talk about a little bit of music now. You have an album
1: that's uh, coming
0: out. White I do. Available. And my question is, is is there any ambivalence with the fact that it's going to come out during a pandemic when you really can't do anything live to support it, but people are going to probably have more latitude to listen to it?
1: Well, we we planned the release a long long time ago before really the lockdown happened. So initially, I think it was supposed to be be coming out in June, and then we pushed it back by a couple of months and uh, I don't know. I, we were supposed to play at a couple of big festivals in April with this group, and all, that of of course all got got cancelled. But we we kind of talked about it. I I spoke to the label owners, a small German label I've, I've had a long running relationship with them, and we we figured we we just want to uh, release it. And well, maybe because people are not really leaving their homes, maybe we we get a little bit of more attention who knows? We'll, we'll find out.
0: Tell me this, your your beginnings in Germany. Talk to me a little bit about your childhood and how jazz became your
1: life. Well, I grew up in, in a small town right at the border to Denmark, the most northern city in Germany. So if you missed your, your exit on the highway, you, you'd end up in Denmark. And uh, it's right on, on the fjords uh, of the Baltic Sea. It's one of the prime sailing regions in the world. And it's, it's just a beautiful place. But you could imagine it's not the, it was not the, the jazz mecca in, in the world. It's, uh, I was just really fortunate that in my high school we had, uh, a big band and we had an orchestra there, pretty, pretty good, both, both ensembles. So by the time I started playing the upright bass, which is when I, when I was 17 years old, I, I found myself play both in, in the big band and in an orchestra. And before that, at 15, I started playing electric bass. So those, those were my steps there. And uh, from, from the time, really, that I started playing it, both in orchestra and big band, it's always been just music. You know, I, I studied classical bass in Cologne. I have a diploma as an orchestra musician. But already at that time, I was getting more and more into uh, touring with American bands in, in Germany and other parts of Europe. And then it really was never a conscious decision. It it just happened naturally that I gravitated more and more towards being a jazz player because I I wanted to, I wanted to swing. I wanted to drive a band. I wanted to write my own music. I wanted to be a a soloist. And so in my early twenties, really uh, that's when I, I picked up steam.
0: So was it always your dream to come to new york and and be in, in America to be a,
1: a musician well, as I was uh touring more and more as as I was experiencing what it feels like to to be playing with american musicians uh that that really started to implement itself in my in my brain that uh, or my heart too that that. You know, I didn't want to just be around that kind of level of playing, uh, you know, just a few weeks out of the year whenever I will be touring. I wanted to be around that feeling all the time. So when I, I, uh, I, I finished my diploma in Cologne, I applied for a scholarship with uh, the German-American Exchange Student Service. And I got uh, a scholarship to study at NYU. And that's really, that, that was, was what brought me to New York in 1996. So I was a grad student there. And right after the first semester, I was asked to, to teach non-majors there. And I've been doing that for uh, more than 20 years now. So th- those were the steps. But when I came to New York, I had no expectations. I just knew I would be there for one academic year. And then, uh, a whole lot of things happened. <laughs>
0: Yeah, which is life, for sure. Um, Yeah. So, have you ever been nervous on stage? Is it a natural kind of place for
1: you to be? I, yeah, I think it's a very natural place to be. I mean, mean, every once in a while, you find yourself in situations where the stakes are high, and there's, uh, I would say, an excitement. I mean, the excitement is always there, but... Uh, for example, in, uh, a couple of years ago, I, I wrote a bass concerto and I premiered it with my hometown orchestra in Lensberg at the audience. And those are moments that where you know the excitement is 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 even uh, stronger. But I I usually feel very very at peace on stage.
0: So you've had the chance to play around
1: some pretty big names in your career.
0: What what have you learned from legends and luminaries that's either helped you teach younger players or just helped you in your playing?
1: One of many things that I've learned from being around th- those those greats and some of the original voices of our music is that they they never seem to lose their curiosity and their uh their passion. Uh, people, I, I remember being around. That, that was still when I was in Europe. Uh, I would be traveling with a three-trombone group that included Slide Hampton, and he would he would tape himself, and he would go back to the hotel, and he would listen to his own playing and practice, and which was amazing. I, I played with Clark Keller when I was in my my early twenties. Uh, I remember. You know, being around Hank Jones, who in his early 90s was still so excited about playing, so that's something that that really left left a mark with me. That and and it's one of the reasons why you know jazz musicians tend to stay young at heart and and uh, and their brains. And uh, that that was really a a big one for me.
0: What do you like the best about being a
1: musician? What do I like best about being a musician? I have probably the, the sense of being part of this incredible community of, of musicians. And they all seem to be just incredible human beings. And, and that's, that's just something that, uh, I, I've, I've been striving for is, is to, to really honor that and be, uh, worth, b- being a worthy part of that community by uh, continuing on Working on my craft, but also grow as a as a human being.
0: We are going to get to the end of this COVID nineteen, and we will perform live again. When that happens, what yeah. do you hope both the what do you hope both the musician and the audience realizes about this time away from music?
1: Well, I think you know I also, I also teach uh, at a couple of, of universities at uh, at NYU and Hofstra universities, to two New York based schools. And, uh, already there in, in, uh, jazz education, it's obvious that, uh, Zoom meetings, well, there, nothing really will, will ever replace, uh, the experience of, of being in one room together with another human being and interact with that. And I think all the streaming that, that is, you know, we spoke at the beginning that uh, the Village Vanguard is starting that practice now too. There's just nothing that will ever really replace Going to a concert hall or a jazz club and really being part of that experience uh, experiencing the, the the energy in the room and, and smelling the sweat and uh, the the spilled uh, beer or I don't know it's just that that part of of uh, our our world uh, it's it's just so essential and no matter how uh, sophisticated. Uh, technology will will become. It, it's just it'll always be uh, an essential part of being a human being. Yeah,
0: without a doubt. You know, I used to ask musicians, you know, how healthy is jazz? And now I, I how healthy? During, <laughs> yeah. Well, but this is the thing. This is this is the caveat. I don't have to do that ever again because I know now with all of the canceled gigs how healthy jazz is. I mean, the amount of gigs that everybody's had to cancel is staggering. So talk to me a little bit about, like in, in March, when you noticed that jazz was coming to an end.
1: I know exactly when when that moment uh, dawned on me. We, I actually played, my, my last two nights were, were really wonderful uh, evenings at the Kitano uh, Club here in New York City. And a friend of mine, Peter Weininger, a fantastic tenor player on and the Uh, The head of the Jazz Institute Berlin was here visiting with his wife, and we played uh, two quartet nights with Lenny White on drums and Aaron Goldberg on piano, and it was fantastic. But already then, we we had a very loud light crowd, because that's really when it started. It was on March 6th and 7th. And uh, later on, I, I talked to the manager of the club, and he said those were the last two nights of live music that we had. And then it was just an avalanche of cancellations. I was supposed to go to Europe and everything this summer. I had concerts, uh, with, with Matt Wilson's, uh, Honey and Salt band got, uh, got canceled. And uh, today I, I heard that uh, a week at Dizzy's for October was canceled. And, uh, I took, I think I took, uh, advantage of the time that I, I've had at home and, uh, I never get bored, but, uh, you know, really that experience of of playing with people for people is something that I miss miss dearly.
0: Everyone has a perception of you or or their version, your family, your friends, your fans, your students, but you're the one living your life. Who do
1: you think Mm -hmm. you are? Who do I think I am? I know who I, I know, I think I could ask or answer the question, who would I want to be? um uh, what what are the goals that i'm i'm striving for i'm i'm trying to be uh a good family man a good father a good husband i'm i'm uh trying to be a good uh educator and uh role model to my students um i'm always trying to serve the music i i try to write music that that is meaningful um i try to allow the musicians around me to sound as right good as they possibly can. Hey, Martin,
0: thank you for taking some time out today to talk with Neon Jazz during a very strange time
1: on the planet, and uh, to talk about the new music in your career. I appreciate it you're welcome thanks for having me
0: thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview we we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in Germany New York City Kansas City and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz and thanks to Martin for his time music and story if you want to hear more interviews go to famous interviews with Joe Domino in the iTunes store visit Neon Jazz at youtube.com and for everything Neon Jazz all the time go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com until next time enjoy the jazz my friends (laughs)
1: on jazz.